1: Weekend Preview is here. We have a lot of action, including FA Cup, Copa del Rey, Bundesliga, Serie A action. But we begin with MLS, MLS 2021. We have exclusive clips with Chicharito, Joseph Martinez, Pato, Phil Neville, so much more. Jimmy Conrad joins the show. We can Preview, MLS special, and much more begins right now. Hey, Kegolazo listeners, March Madness and the Masters may be over, but the sports calendar never sleeps. The NHL trade deadline, daily NBA, NHL, and MLB action, the RBC Heritage Tournament, NFL Draft News and rumors, UEFA quarterfinals, and your home to stay in the know for all of it, CBS Sports HQ. CBS Sports HQ is the only sports news streaming service that's completely free. How to watch CBS Sports HQ? Easy. It's available for free on your computer, your mobile device, or your connected TV via the CBS Sports apps. Or if you're more of a YouTube person, subscribe to CBS Sports HQ on YouTube for all the latest sports news videos on demand. But personally, I never, ever miss a big story in sports because I turn it on the first thing in the morning and leave it on all day while I'm working. I do get work done. Don't worry. And I'll leave you with this. If you're a sports news junkie, just like me, no sports network is faster with breaking news than CBS Sports HQ. What's up, everybody? Que golazo, our weekend preview. And this is a mammoth of an episode because guess what? Yes, we have FA Cup. Yes, we have Copa del Rey. Yes, we have Europe. But major league soccer is back baby and this is our special mls preview we have everything else for you but mls takes center stage today we have exclusive clips from players and managers and of course i need to do this with a former defender of the year one of the most important players mls has ever seen
0: (laughs) wait who's coming on who who are we talking about (laughs) (laughs) No, but uh,
1: jokes aside, jokes aside uh, When you think about MLS, at least when I do I think of Jimmy Conrad Jimmy (laughs) Conrad, a tremendous uh, career uh, You know, San Jose Earthquakes, of course But so much more And just, you know, it really catapulted catapulted you Into the national stage as well So to me, it's a big deal that you're here to talk about MLS I know that you're excited Jimmy Conrad, Major League Soccer is here How do you feel about it?
0: Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I just think that the league continues to grow and evolve in a positive way. We have 27 teams. It feels like A lot. That's a lot of teams to break down and get into. But it also is just a wonderful opportunity for these clubs and their particular markets. You brought uh, Austin FC, you know, coming into the league for the first time. Their head coach, Josh Wolf, was my former roommate with the national team and at the club level with Kansas City. So obviously pulling for him, his top assistant was Davey Arno, who I used to sit next to in the locker room. So there's all these these storylines that are very personal to me. But overall, I'm just excited to, to have the league going in a meaningful way.
1: Absolutely. So excited to kick off. And by the way, everybody, uh, if you're listening or watching on YouTube or listening on Apple Podcasts, we're also on Spotify. Make sure that you check us out on Spotify right there, every single episode. This one, of course. So make sure that you visit Spotify and listen to us right there. All right, let's get going, everybody. Jimmy Conrad, MLS, as you mentioned, introducing Austin FC, of course, but there's so many more storylines to this one. Um, before I ask your opinion on your favorites and we give some thoughts on, you know, what we could look ahead. I wanted to remind everybody and tell everybody that this episode, we have a lot of really good interviews that I did, uh, in the last two weeks with, uh, some key personnel in the league and we have them all here for you. So starting off Jimmy with Javier Hernandez Mm -hmm. and the LA galaxy. Uh, under Greg Vanny, somebody that you know very well too, of course, we'll talk about that in a second. But Chicherito, we, we sat down with him. He talked a lot about us, uh, about this season, how he feels. Uh, I want you to listen to this clip and then we'll talk about it. Check it out. I'm in a very uh, balanced and great spot uh, and great spot to, to, to start the season, obviously. In all in all the, the aspects in my life, emotionally, mentally, uh, I'm being uh, and physically obviously i've been preparing myself so much so hard for this season so yeah i'm good i'm good and i know what when i'm saying this people think that i'm going to be promised and everything is going to be great i mean i know about sports and i've never been scared to say how i feel how i see myself and then hopefully i can just show that uh, day by day and, and game by game obviously no, that that's what we want but of course we all know that this is a uh team sport and we all need to do our best like we are doing it right now and we are preparing so well so yeah, the the future looks looks brighter for us. That was Javier Hernandez, Mexico's all-time scorer and in the interview of course he he admits his year was not good, right? But he's ready to press the restart button uh, under Greg Vanni, who he thinks very highly of. Jimmy, what do you what do you make of it? Uh, LA Galaxy under Vani and and of course uh, Chicharito, you know, ultimately uh, starting once again.
0: Well, I'd like to say there's a couple of couple things, actually, I'd like to say. Greg Vanny was somebody that I looked up to when I was coming up. He was a defender for the Galaxy. I was at UCLA. He's a UCLA guy. Never played with him in college. Always looked up to him as somebody that I wanted to kind of emulate his career in a lot of different ways. We got to finally play together on the national team after playing against each other in MLS for for many years. And then when he retired and started to get into the coaching ranks, I I did four years at San Jose and eight years at Kansas city. So I have a soft spot for both of those uh, clubs. And I always think they're going to win every single weekend just to get that out of the way. And then, and then I went to Chivas USA, rest in peace to Chivas USA. And, and that was a team at the end of my career that was still trying to figure out who they were going to be. And, and Jorge Vergara, the rest in peace to him, uh, the owner of Chivas Guadalajara and Chivas USA at the time was on the precipice of whether to sell the team or not. Anyway, fast forward to Greg Vanning. He was the assistant, Robin Frazier, was the head coach and that was his first head coaching deal it was a big moment for Greg as well so I got to see kind of behind the scenes and I, I retired that season due to concussions midway through so I ultimately became like an extension of the coaching staff for the back half of the season just to kind of continue to get my contract and all that other fun stuff we don't need to get into but but it was a really good eye-opening experience I learned a lot about how they see the game and Greg Vandy took all that experience and went up to Toronto and absolutely dominated with one of the best teams in MLS history when they almost won the treble. They they lost in the Concacaf Champions League final, unfortunately. And, and he just he he. What I love about Greg is that he knows how he wants his teams to play, and and he makes it very clear what everybody's role and responsibilities are, and and, and it doesn't get lost throughout the season. So I've played many years, and and you have a coach that is like that. But then a couple months in, when things aren't going well, things start to get gray. Uh, uh, wait, what are we supposed to be doing again? How are we supposed to be playing? Because the coach starts tinkering because his job's on the line, right? It's all these little things. Greg Vanning never deters from his plan and how a team should play. And you always stick to that. And I think Chicharrito will benefit from that in particular. He knows to get the most out of Chicharito. they got to get him service in the box. He needs to be in and around the box. He's most dangerous when he's around the six, obviously, people are going to give you as a poacher. I don't care if he's a poacher or not. You need somebody that knows how to score goals, and Chicharito is one of the best at doing that. He just needs some good service, and he needs to be able to find the ball a little bit deeper than he was last year. When he was starved of service, that's one, when he did play. And then secondly that he maybe just needs a partner and i just think that greg Vanny, who used to play for the galaxy was a great hire for them you know they were a little up and down and not finding their way and obviously went through the zlatan ibrahimovic experiment that uh i don't know if you guys think that failed or not it was fun for us as a neutral but if you're a galaxy fan i don't know if that was the best experiment of all time and and now they're just trying to find their way again so i, I have high hopes for the galaxy right now on on william hill for them to win it all is plus 2500. That's Uh, not a
1: terrible
0: bet. I I mean, if you're gonna just throw ten bucks down, you could win two hundred and fifty if they end up winning MLS Cup. So, I think the Galaxy are gonna get better as the season goes along. I can't say that for every MLS club, but they're gonna be in there with a shot. And I know that Greg and I think for me, when I look at the Galaxy over the last few seasons, huge defensive liabilities. you, You know, and I thought, okay, cool. They they gave up a ton of goals. Was it two seasons ago? They made no changes to their back line. Like, what is what's happening at the front office? Do they not see how many goals they've given up? You know, the last couple seasons, and they didn't make any changes. You just assume this back four is going to get better. Maybe, maybe they tightened it up maybe a smidge. But so there are a couple things that I think that Greg Vanney will adjust them in, in a lot of different ways, and I think they will be competitive. I twenty five hundred is pretty. They're what, what? Maybe when I look at this on William, they like the. 12th favorite, 13th favorite, like middle of the pack. But I
1: mean, that's not bad. That's not bad. And listen, I'm not going to add too much here because uh, I think you said it perfectly. And Chicharito, actually, actually, Jimmy, it's weird. I feel like you were there with the interview because he said many things of what you just said. One of the <laughs> things that he said about Vanny was like, he, he, he cares about you as a player and as a human being, and he wants to allow you to play. your strengths like just be free to what you do and if chicharito's best asset is really being inside the box and understanding movement as a, a team enters the final third is really gonna benefit him and and he wanted to say he ended it with this we need to bring back la galaxy to the team that everybody knows the most successful club in MLS history with most MLS cups. And that's, that's right. what he wants. And with Greg Bunny, as you mentioned, 2017 and also CONCACAF manager of the year, you know, maybe he can do that. Anyway, we have way more uh, clips here. I wanted to now talk about uh, a recent champion and a recent uh, introduction to MLS Atlanta United, Atlanta United, obviously Tata Martino, it didn't work well with Frank De Boer, and now Gabriel Heinze, a really good manager. We will see what happens here, but we talked to Joseph Martinez, uh, obviously recuperating from a knee injury that you know didn't let him play for the majority of last season so we talked to him it's in Spanish right but I'll be able to translate for you uh, after this I'll do a Kate Abdo style translation <laughs> after this but check it out listen to what Joseph said uh, about specifically how hard his season was ¿Cuál fue la parte más difícil para ti tu crees?
2: El día a día eh, mucha gente bueno tengo muchos compañeros que sufrió la misma lesión, eh, no es no es fácil, eh, no solamente una lesión de rodilla, no, cualquier lesión no es fácil para, un, para una persona que, que nunca había tenido tanto tiempo de, de, lejos del campo, me habían dicho que era difícil, pero no sabía qué tan difícil era, eh, cuando tú lo vives eh, personalmente, ahí ves lo, lo difícil que es, y el día a día para mí creo que fue lo más eh, lo más duro, y sigue siendo lo más duro, porque eso es como una montaña rusa. Un día estás bien, otro día estás mal, un día está bien, o dos días está bien, después vuelve a caer. Pero le doy muchas mucha gracias a Dios por, por darme la posibilidad de bueno, estar nuevamente aquí, con salud, eh, tener un, un grupo excelente de, de cuerpo médico que estuvo conmigo desde el primer día hasta, hasta hoy.
1: That was Joseph Martinez there, Jimmy, uh, basically talking about, you know, I asked him what the hardest thing for him was in terms of recuperating and, and not being able to play. And he said, to, honestly, the day to day, just like, you know, not really being able to be on the pitch, and sometimes it was a good day. You felt better. Sometimes it was a bad day. It was kind of like a roller coaster. So you could see in the interview, and you can hear it when you listen, even if you don't speak Spanish, that he he's 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 feeling good, but you, it took it took a lot out of him, a lot out of him. And and I'm
0: wondering, I can understand though. He had Frank de Boer as his coach, Luis, <laughs> and we know that. Frank and a DeBoer pandemic is- to go with it. <laughs> I mean, he's just getting punched all over the place with an injury. Frank DeBoer, who's a train wreck as a coach in the pandemic. I mean, yeah, that's like the perfect storm of crap.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, well, so yeah, well, let's talk about it now. Gabriel Heinz, Atlanta United, they were champions in their second year. Obviously, Tata Martino created all that. Miguel Almiron helped a lot, but they are a good team. And Gabriel Heinze is a very good manager says that he's entering a new league. It's not like anything else. So I'm wondering what you think about Atlanta United's chances and Joseph Martinez once he gets hundred percent.
0: Yeah. So them not having Joseph Martinez last year obviously was incredibly detrimental to their success going forward. He demands a lot of respect because he's earned it. The guy just scores. He loves to score. He'll put his body on the line. Whatever it takes to hit the back of the net, you can sense a hunger in him that I don't see in a lot of other strikers. Like that guy, if he doesn't score or get a good, ch- he's pissed. You know, he's it'll he'll just it'll carry over, and he's going to do whatever he can. He'll you know bite, scratch. Well, okay, maybe he won't go to Luis Suarez. Sorry, I didn't mean to go there, but but he'll do whatever it takes. I think you guys are picking up what I'm putting down. I like them. Obviously, they're infinitely more dangerous when when Joseph Martinez is on the field. When the leaders of your team don't buy into the coach that just trickles down and, and the leaders and the, and, and because of Tata Martino and the players that recruited are the Spanish speakers are the ones that lead that team. That's it. And their success and failure is dependent on those players. And if those players don't at some point buy into what the coach is saying, it's going to have that trickle down effect. I've seen it when I was captain of teams, you are trying to hold it together and you can sense that some players like the coach is kind of a clown. I don't really like what's happening here. And at that point, you're just trying to hold it all together to, to, to get, you know, through games, and hopefully you get some wins along the way. So, uh, and De Boer didn't really do anything to help build those relationships and try to nurture that, like Tata Martino was excellent at. Then I could see why there was some, some, some stuff. I think Atlanta United are going to be very good. Gabriel Heinze is a is a disciple of Marcelo Bielsa, uh, so I think you are going to see a lot of elements of that, which 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 also are going to have but elements look, of Tata, Tata Martino so as well. That, that, yeah. yeah. So there's there's a lot that I think Atlanta should be. Happy about it from a fan fan base standpoint, and I think for the players' perspective, there's going to be a lot of familiarity with Heinz's uh, ability to to the, the tactics are going to feel probably very similar. So now it's just a matter of executing. They've got the players to do it. They've got one of the best strikers in Major League Soccer history, not just right now, but in Major League Soccer history up front. And if he stays healthy, they always have a chance.
1: Absolutely. And by the way, I welcome anytime our friend Michael Parkhurst who I'm friends with uh, on, on on social. So if he ever wants to add anything to this, more than happy to do it. All right, we're going to keep going on here because uh, we also chatted to another club uh, talking about identity, talking about representing the Latin American culture and MLS and everything. Well, we talked to Phil Neville entering the league for the very first time with Inter Miami. Let me just say something cuz I don't think it's the clip here, but his Spanish is very good, okay? So that, that that you just need to know that right now. But we talked about we talked to Phil about what he wants uh, out of this job and and how he sees the present and future of Inter Miami. Check it out.
3: Do you, know, do you know when people talk to me about Miami, the first thing people in England, maybe in Europe, or my friends in Europe talk to me about is you, you think about the sun, the South Beach, the... the you know the 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 party the party side of Miami and 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 I've got to say the first thing that comes to my mind when I think about Miami is the the great sporting teams that we have in this region you think about the Miami Heat you think about the Miami Dolphins legendary people the you know, franchises that win franchises that got great history and I think I think what the challenge is for this franchise into Miami is is that we want to be in this city talked about like Miami to and Miami Dolphins and, and we want into Miami to be even better and bigger and more successful with a great history so I think that is the challenge is when people talk to me about Miami yes it's one of the best places in the world to live I think that's a brilliant attraction for players to get players down here but ultimately the ambition of the owners is that they want to be successful and they want to have they want to have success on and off the pitch.
1: Well, that was Phil Neville right there, Jimmy Conrad. And I got to be honest, Jimmy, I did a lot of interviews for this series and and Phil Neville was the one that impressed me the most. He, 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 I mean, naturally so, like he's an experienced guy, but, you know, to come into this league, he's not saying that he's owning Miami already. He's just, he wants to represent what the city is about when it comes to its sporting franchises. And and it'll be interesting to see how he does. What what do you think? How do you, what what do you think about this?
0: I don't know, Luis. I mean, anytime a foreign coach comes in with, you know, making statements of, and I I respect where he came from and it felt very genuine how he was speaking. And so I'm excited for him because he's excited, right? Sometimes you have, I'll leave some former managers nameless. They come (laughs) in and they, they, yeah, I can't be bothered, you know, like, oh, wow. Oh, wait, these rules are different. And, and I don't yeah, understand no. this. And why can't things go the way that I want? I can't sign whoever I want whenever I want, you know? And so
1: he did not give any of that. No, and he did. He, he speaks Spanish and his tan was looking good. He's already, got the <laughs> he
0: he he is, uh, for me, he'd be a poster boy for what a gringo looks like, but I, uh, <laughs> uh I feel like I'm one too, but, but he, he definitely epitomizes more of the British gringo-ness, but yeah. I, I'm excited that he's got enthusiasm for it. I I'm excited that he sees this as a ch- Challenge and and, and a, a continued step in his career at the coaching level, and I know there was a lot of discourse when he got hired that it was only because it was Beckham's friend, you know, that they didn't do their due diligence and 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 interview more people, and and that may might be true, but I don't know. I guess there's a part of me that if you're an owner, shouldn't you be able to hire whoever the hell you want? Yeah. You know. I don't know. I mean, I think they should do a proper interview process, but but if you're putting a gajillion dollars in and you like, I want that guy. It's like signing a player. If I want that guy, why are you going to tell me that I can't have that person? But
1: yeah. And by the way, in the full interview, he discussed, I asked him, I I take it that Beckham conversation was like just 20, you know, a minute long. And he's like, well, listen, like the Beckham thing was one part, but the the actual part that I really needed to impress was uh, Jorge Mas and and co. That was really the one where I really had to, I I had to convince them why I was good for this. It wasn't like they were sold on it or anything like that. So that that's one part of it. But What he said made me feel... Because my biggest problem about this, and I'm rooting for Inter-Miami because I love the city, is they need to make sure that they represent literally what we just saw about Sunday United, the the culture of the city. And uh, Diego Alonso came close, but he had a few issues. And obviously the pandemic doesn't help. But it'll be interesting to see how he does it.
0: I was so excited about Diego Alonso's hire. And I was so sad that he just left unceremoniously. Yeah. Because
4: tremendous category
1: like, in Liga MX. Uh,
0: yeah, I just I, I wanted to see him have more time. And and maybe when time passes we'll get to know more about that story. But I just I have a ton of respect and I'm I'm a fan of Diego Alonso. So when it didn't really work out, I don't know. I don't know. The pandemic, I think you're right, probably hurt him in some capacity. But I feel like there's more to that story. And then I don't know. That's that's kind of the off the field stuff focusing on the on-the-field stuff. Phil Neville needs to get the most out of Blaise Matuidi. Uh that's my big thing. Like Blaise Matuidi came over from Juve and didn't really seem I like Blaise Matuidi. He he they need to somehow figure out a way to get him engaged ultimately. Um and and
1: and Rodolfo Pizarro to an extent, I think.
0: Yeah, eh, Pizarro as well and Iguain. you know, he's I mean you've got what Kieran banger. Gibbs now, Ryan Shawcross
1: so it's a deeper squad.
0: It is a deeper squad and and they just need to I don't know. It the pandemic makes Throws a wrench into everything, um, but but your big money guys have to have to have to show up, you know, and and so when I look at Iguain and and Pizarro and and Matuidi and now Shawcross, you know, and even Phil Neville, like the guy, he's a, I think he's under more scrutiny because maybe he bypassed a lot of areas and jumped over a few hurdles that maybe other people would have had to go through to get the job. I think he's under more scrutiny. And if he, if he if he's not up for the task, then he should rightfully be fired uh, as unceremoniously as Diego Alonso. <laughs> well,
1: i tell you what, it begins uh, with uh, a game at home against LA Galaxy. So we'll know very soon how they do. And by the way, um, we'll talk about uh, other uh, fixtures, but Atlanta United faces Orlando City. Uh, and that's where we go next here, Jimmy Conrad, because we also talked to Pato, Talk about, um, you know, Kaka, obviously the very first designated player for Orlando City. And now comes another Brazilian, uh, a very good Orlando City team, by the way. And Pato discusses about his decision to come here. Check it out. The same feeling you had when you went to AC Milan, your first experience in Europe. This is the same feeling you get again, coming to Orlando.
2: You know, when um, you need to work hard now. Mm. And so I can forget everything when my around I, when I go to the training, you know, when you are happy, when you uh feel like wow, well, go there, enjoy, you know, work hard, enjoy your your work. You no, know, God give me this talent, so I need to enjoy. So uh this time I feel the same. Uh but I want to to put my name in the history here in Orlando in MLS. So I will try and I will do my best uh, with my teammates.
1: That was Pato there discussing about how it was his decision to come here. He feels rejuvenated, uh, similar to when he left Brazil to go to AC Milan. Of course, he's a lot older, a lot more experienced, but honestly, he's just... uh Raring to go, which obviously is not that surprising, but he does look, you know, in preseason, he's been looking good. And Orlando City is a very good team. Oscar Pareja is a very good manager, Pedro Galece, Nani, etc. This is a good team. What, what do you make of it? Pato's arrival to Orlando City, Jimmy Conrad.
0: Well, if Pato can play close to his potential... Yeah, I mean the, the sky's the limit, and I guess I'm really curious as to Daryl Dike and his situation. Are is Barnsley going to buy him? Is another Premier League team or Championship team going to come buy him? Because if good he point. comes back and has got Pato to partner with and Nani underneath and and Mauricio Pereira, who I think is one of the best attacking players in all of MLS, he's so good, uh, then then. I like Orlando. Oscar Pereja is one of my favorite coaches in the league. I I think that he took over a bit of a dumpster fire at Orlando and brought some calmness to it and gave them some structure and put players in good spots and now is getting the most out of this team. And and, and they seem to love playing for him. And I can't speak highly enough about Oscar Pereja. Oscar, I used to play against Oscar Pereira, which makes me feel really old, Luis. But uh, <laughs> you know, then you got uh, Joao Motinho as well, another player that that is going to help them a ton. It's just and I a just very think good have, team. <laughs> they have they have options. You know, like I, I when we look at some of the best teams around the world, the ones that are the best are because they can beat you in so many different ways. And I think Orlando's there. And and when everybody's healthy, and if Daryl DK comes back, there, there's a belief in Orlando that didn't exist before. And they're building off of something that was very special. One of the best playoff games I've ever seen of all time uh, last season, but, but they, they probably just need to get off to a good start, you know, and I'm very curious to see how Pato does. Uh, I'm excited to, when he signed, I'm like, Pato's alive. He's alive, everybody. I didn't know where he went, you know? And so he's reemerged at least here for the, for the North American landscape. And I'm excited to see how he does. Obviously Kaka had a, had a good uh, stint with Orlando City. And I know there's a big Brazilian contingent in Orlando, and and uh he's another Brazilian that that has a chance to to redeem his career in some ways.
1: Yep, yeah, absolutely. And uh from one introduction finally to I mean Austin FC are in MLS, pretty amazing, and wow, they're facing LAFC uh on Saturday, 6 p.m. Eastern. It's gonna be quite a test, quite an introduction. But amazing, Claudio Reyna, of course, uh, the sporting director over there, uh, George Wolf, manager. But we we talked. Uh, well, we had a little bit of a soundbite here from Matthew McConaughey, all right. uh, from the all right, all right. in charge. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. And uh, you know, president, and also by the way, in charge of the culture of, of the team, and he talked a lot about what he's uh, you know attempting to do as Austin FC. Amazing. It's just amazing that they're in MLS. Listen to Matthew McConaughey right here.
5: Here we go. We're a week out. We've been talking about this. We've been building this brick by brick. We've been, you know, getting our support person by person through the city. We understand it's Verde, it's lisos, but now it's live. Um, I just got some chills saying that. It is live now. I, I'm now starting to get looser, actually. I'm not getting, I know we're coming up on game day. I'm not getting tighter. I'm getting looser because I'm having an exhale, a moment of, okay, we did it. Now we come to the table to eat. Now we get on the pitch and we play. Let's go. Let's go learn. We know what we're striving for. We know it's a hundred year war. We know that we're not going to go. We're not going to have an undefeated season. (laughs) You know, we know that. We know these things. So how do we build? How do we learn? Now the fun starts. Now we play. We've been doing a lot of work. Now it's time to play.
1: All right, all right, all right. Oh, you need a ride, man? Okay. (laughs) Matthew McConaughey, part of MLS ownership. And, uh, you know, he's talking about how, well, one, excited and stuff, but also listening and paying attention to the dynamics of the whole setup of the franchise. What do you make of Austin FC? I mean, we're looking at videos of like, I don't know, hundreds, even thousands maybe of fans like rooting for them in training. They're just so excited uh, for the arrival of Austin FC as they face LAFC uh, this weekend. It'll be away from home for that one. But what do you make of Austin FC uh, for, for this season?
0: Well, before I get into that matchup against LAFC, and that's a tough, tough team to draw Yeah, this season. I, I think that Austin, have the benefit of no expectations. They're an expansion team. They have nothing to lose. I think maybe the expectations are, well, we probably won't make the playoffs, but if we do, how awesome would that be? You know? So, so I think they get to kind of coast in a little bit. And as long as they play in a way that you can see improvement, that there's an identity being formed and that they are competitive then I think uh, head coach Josh Wolf, who used to be my roommate with the national team and at the club level with Kansas City.
1: Man, you really are old.
0: Yeah, I am old. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's...
1: So am I. Don't worry. I'm right behind. You
0: know, he was the assistant for Greg Berhalter at Columbus and joined him with the national team for a little while. And and Wolfie knows his things. He knows his... He's got the chaps, is what I want to say. And he's, he's very thoughtful in terms of how he sees the game. And we get into some great conversations about uh, tactics all the time.
1: Well, and then, they have a good squad, right? So they do there. have a good
0: squad. No, no, no. They got Matt Beasler who who played at Kansas City for a long time, just like I did. And he was a rookie when I was captain of the team. And and uh, you know, it was it was pretty cool to to see how much not to say influence that I had, but just to see how he grew and evolved, you know, as yeah. a center back. And now, very similar to my career, you know, he got kind of dumped at the end by KC after a long career, and now he's going to a team that's that's kind of trying to Form an identity like I did with Chivas USA, and I'm hopeful that he'll have a better run uh, at Austin than I did there at with Chivas. But they got a good team. They got uh, Nick Lima, who's got some national team camps right back, and Tarbell, who also played at the Earthquakes and with the Columbus Crew last year and helped them in the playoffs. Fagundes, very good young player from New England Revolution for many. Alex
1: years. Ring from NYCFC. That's a great. That's
0: a great pickup. So they they have all these guys, and and they got. Uh, they got some good results in preseason, and and uh, Danny Hoston up top, who played for the Quakes. So I've got to see when he's on; he's very very good. So I, I like their team a lot. They got Pochettino and Dominguez and and Perez yeah, Pochettino uh, they,
1: from Talleres as well. Yeah, it's very. They good. got
0: they, they got a squad. They got a squad, and I think I'm just curious. Any with with any expansion team, and we've said this before, and I think it, it's apt to say it again. That famous Mike Tyson quote: Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. And and this Austin FC just hasn't been punched in the face yet because they haven't had the opportunity. And I think LAFC, unfortunately now to get to this game, will most likely punch them in the face and Carlos Vela's back, you know, Diego Rossi's, I think the odds on favorite to be the leading goal scorer in MLS this year, uh, Carlos Vela though, when he's on arguably the best player in the league by some stretch, though, Joseph Martinez probably wants to be in that conversation as well. Uh, Alejandro Pozuelo and in, in Toronto could probably be in that as well. But, if Carlos Vela is feeling it, yeah, the guy's unstoppable. And and that's going to be a really big test for Austin FC is to try to keep him quiet and, and also have to pay attention to Diego Rossi and Corey Baird, who they just picked up, and all the other players that they got in their team. They've got one of the best midfields in the league, LAFC, with Atuesta and Blessing and Mark-Anthony Kay. So um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough test for them. But if they can just have a good account of themselves, then I think that will bode well for the rest of the season. And I'm excited to get out to Austin to see their new stadium. Once it opens officially, my mom just moved there. So got some family ties to that. My sister's out there. And so, Oh uh, man, I'm staying over. I can't yeah, wait. Yeah, come come hang over. out. My, come <laughs> hang out. So I, I'm, I'm I'm very excited to potentially take K Golasso pod on the road uh, for Ooh, an Austin game. I'm just throwing that out there at least to the producer. So. <laughs> go get some of that budget if we have any budget and uh yeah, it's going to be a great season. And, and um it seems the fans are, are way in. And I love that. I love the, the buy-in and the excitement and the, and the culture they're trying to create off the field as well. So lots of good things. And then I should say something about Claudia Reina, one of my other teammates on the national team, you know, being in charge, the guy had a ton of experience doing the same exact thing with New York city FC, but now in a market, that's probably a little bit more manageable to to, to get things done because having been there in New York city, having lived there five years myself and and having talks with Claudio during his time with the club, it's just impossible to get anything done, man. They're just, they have to share stuff with Yankee stadium. They're trying to find this field space and there's so much, so much politics in New York, not surprisingly. And I just think Austin's a little bit easier of a market to probably get a lot more things done and to actually build something of consequence, no disrespect to NYCFC. It's just harder when you don't have a lot of space to, to do the things you want to do.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I talked to Claudia a few times as well, back when, when I was with SI, and it's exactly that, but you know, it's very exciting for Austin FC and, and you would think, you know, oh, how we wish, well, I mean, all of us wish that the pandemic wasn't around because this is the type of situation when you wish like the entire stadium was packed and, you know, when Atlanta United entered and it was like 70,000 in their opening game, you know, that's the kind of thing that we want to uh, hopefully get back very soon, but it's still very exciting times ahead for Austin FC and, MLS. Well, we're nearing to the end of the first half of this, of this We told you it was a big one because MLS Uh takes over. So Jimmy, I just wanted some final points from you. Is there anybody that you think, you know what? They look very good on winning the whole thing. Is there anybody that you wanted to highlight uh, as we wrap this one up?
0: Well, LAFC are the favorites to win outright MLS cup plus 400. You can get some good value there. The reigning champions, Columbus crew are second favorites at plus 500. Toronto FC, who just took down Lyon. I just said it like the French team. Lyon. No, I think you did it right. Okay, they, they excellent win, by the way, over a very red hot Liga MA Keys team in the CONCACAF Champions League. They're plus 500. Sounders are also plus 500, who, you know, they've won multiple trophies over the last five years they're going to be without jordan Morris, so something to take into consideration for the whole season the seattle unfortunately he tore his knee uh when he was with swansea on loan so yeah it's tough it's tough i think i think what's interesting is that there's only been six teams that have played six teams that have played in the last six mls cups okay and two of those clubs portland timbers and atlanta united are going for big big odds and in the timbers they won the mls's back tournament if you guys remember that, the bubble, then be- right after that, they lost Sebastian Blanco and uh, I think Yaroslav uh, Nisgoda to ACL tears before the regular season ended, and they still finished in third. So, so there's something there. If everybody can get fired at all cylinders, and Diego Valeri can continue to be the ageless wonder who is what a tremendous player Diego Valeri is, the captain that of the team. And then you got Blanco who wears the number 10 shirt, and and, and Nisgoda up top, who, if, if they're healthy, man, the Timbers. You can't I mean, listen. On plus, plus twenty five hundred for them, and they're they're they've been to you know. I'm
1: Gio is a very good manager. He gets very, the best out of so. he get he gets like I don't know gold out of a rock sometimes. <laughs> he gets the best out of everything. And I'm also looking, by the way, at DC United. Just you know, I'm wondering what it's going to be like with uh, Hernan Loza. Uh, obviously, I yeah. have a soft spot for them because of Edison Flores, but it'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, LAFC, clearly the favorite. It's going to wait and see. It. That's an interesting stat. Well, about- that
0: makes you feel any better. Uh, DC United are the the last for, for <laughs> William Hill. Oh, plus ten thousand. come on. 000. Put I a gamble
1: will... on making them the playoffs. You never know.
0: That's true. I'm Portland Timbers plus 1,200 to win it outright. I, I honestly think, and I saw this online, you can get better odds for all these teams if you just wait month or two like like seattle sounders are famous for being absolutely crap until about four months left to go and then they just turn it on and win every single game and the
1: summer arrives and they're like all right let's get to business
0: yeah nico ladero just like all right i'm gonna take over now and be the guy and they end up winning and getting to mls cup so so i think you could maybe wait a month or so and see how odds are playing and and then maybe make your make your guess or at least maybe wait till the first weekend to get a better idea as as you kind of see all right that team's got the sauce you know but but I am looking at the timbers as kind of an outside shot at plus 1200, just in terms of odds. And then Atlanta United, I, I wouldn't sleep on those guys, When Joseph Martinez is in the team. And now with Gabriel Heinze, who's going to have, as we mentioned before, tactics that are going to be, I think more advantageous for the, the players on his, on his squad plus 1600. I don't know. That's, that's worth a flyer. I think.
1: Absolutely. Hey, and Hey, never sleep on, uh, Matias Almeida as well.
0: And, uh, you know, quakes, baby.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I'm surprised you didn't mention them. But anyway,
0: well, well, they're plus ten thousand. They're just they're the same <laughs> as DC United at the bottom <laughs> of the table. I will say though, just really quick on one game because I think there is some good value on this one in particular. The Dynamo are hosting the San Jose Earthquakes. San Jose is plus two seventy five to win straight up. I actually am going to put money on San Jose to do the business. The Dynamo are favorites, but the Dynamo and I, I love Tab Ramos as a coach and I think he's great. And Pablo Mastriani, another one of my teammates, a former teammates is as assistant. I just think San Jose has a better identity of who they are. And there's been a lot of changes with Houston. So if you guys are looking for some pretty good value, I, maybe it draws plus two eighty. but I like San Jose did because they're so unpredictable, but they know who they are. Other yeah. teams don't know who they are, but they know who they are. And, yeah. and, and I'm in that area of the country. And so I'm, pretty close to the club now that I'm closer and and uh, I think they're going to be ready for this first one. So if you're looking for some value, that's what I wanted to throw my Quakes love, but I think they're going to surprise some people in this first game. So I'm going well, to take listen, that plus 275 to win.
1: They were my pick for the MLS's back tournament. They did go far. They obviously didn't make it far enough, but they, they, it's true. I mean, an Almeida system is always an Almeida system. It, it's Almeida it's
0: exciting. It's, yeah. it's what you said before. It's either we win 3-0 or lose 3-0.
1: Yep, absolutely. Yeah. But anyway, that was MLS. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget that you can go on CBSports.com and read all these interviews uh, on YouTube. You have all the exclusive interviews of every single chat that I had. Obviously this pod as well, our weekend preview. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we leave North America
4: and we go to Europe. Stay right. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love,
1: Welcome back, everybody. Weekend preview here with Jimmy Conrad. We've talked MLS. We're now going to talk Europe, of course. And let's begin, Jimmy, uh, in the FA Cup. Uh, the semifinal stage is here. Uh, some big games, some good games. What do you have for me?
0: Yeah, Chelsea versus Manchester City is absolutely banging. Um, City have won six FA Cups in their history. Chelsea have won eight this is a great matchup for me. Thomas Tuchel versus Pep Guardiola, both coming off big wins midweek in the Champions League. I don't know. I, I think this is going to be under. I'm going to go the draw. I actually think it's going to be draw after 90 minutes and under two and a half goals. Um, I, I like that that line a lot. I think it's plus 320 on, on William Hill. Uh, if you the, the favorite line for exact score lines is 1-1 plus 500. I could see a 0-0 zero zero here as well, plus 850. I thought there were some things that I saw that Chelsea would do better than Borussia Dortmund, let's say. And I could see Chelsea really locking it down to making it very difficult. I, I like the under here a lot. I will say Thomas Tuchel has won cup competitions everywhere he's managed. The only trophy he ever won with Borussia Dortmund, the DFB-Pokal. The only, well, and then obviously with PSG, uh, they they win cup competitions for fun. So he's won every single one of those. And, and I he likes these. And he's the underdog. We've had JJ on the pod before who says that Thomas Tuchel loves one-off competitions where he's the underdog. And I think he's going to have a, a game plan ready to go to help stifle Manchester City. So I don't think this is one-way traffic here. And obviously, Man City is trying to go for the quadruple. This is one of those four trophies. You can never count them out. I don't know how you're feeling about it. Where were you leaning on this? Cause you're the prediction God at the moment. So I'm kind
1: of, a- <laughs> I, I don't know. I think my luck has run out. I just don't, I don't see. Yeah. I'm with you. I don't see a man city taking, I mean, Thomas Tuchel is the, you know, uh, the man of the hour right now. And I think like Christian Pulisic is probably thinking back about, you know, when you, if, if Christian Pulisic had stayed on the pitch last season, I don't think Arsenal would have won the FA Cup. I think he was that good, that influential. So I'm wondering how he's feeling. But I just think this is a much better organized Chelsea. I think they're looking at Man City in the past few weeks and thinking there are cracks here that can be definitely extended. We can take advantage here. I I don't think it's going to be, this is going to go into extra time. That's what I think.
0: I think it'll go into extra time too. And and from there, I don't know, but but uh, I like the draw on the under two and a half goals. I could see a zero yeah. zero or one one. I, I just think that Chelsea are going to make it incredibly difficult to to be broken down, and they're just yeah. better than some of the teams that City have faced recently. That's plus three twenty. I was right on that. I just wanted to confirm. I might even throw a flyer and, and use my conduit to the gambling world, Lisa, Rowan, <laughs> to to uh, put maybe the exact scoreline of, of zero zero after this is after ninety minutes, right? Anything that happens after that. Um, you can go bet on on different things. Uh, that, I think
1: a draw under two. I think yeah, I like that. I, I, was, I like it. I like it. I was it. gonna go with one all, but I think uh, one all
0: is plus five hundred. It's not a bad shout. That's who, the favorite scoreline on William Hill.
1: Well, there you go. What's the other game?
0: So the other one is Leicester City taking on Southampton. Now, fun facts about this: Southampton just lost to West Brom 3-0 on the weekend. It wasn't even close. I mean, West Brom were in complete control, and obviously. Probably coming off a ton of confidence, you know, smashing Chelsea 5-2 to two not too long ago and, and uh, definitely finding their scoring boots and a system and style of play under Sam Allardyce. It might be a too little too late for them to get out of the relegation zone, but you never know. There's still a, a few games left that could make it tight on <clears throat> Newcastle. I'll leave that out for now. <laughs> I don't really want to talk about it. Leicester, though, lost 3-2 to, to uh, West Ham over the weekend and, or last weekend. And, uh, you know, Jamie Vardy's only scored once since Christmas. That's not a good sign. I- Ianacho though has, has scored quite a quite a bunch of goals recently, and he's the hot hand. It looks like James Madison will be back in the team. I think I just I li- I'm leaning to Leicester right now, even though I think we're all big Ralph Hoosenhuddle fans, and or yeah, and what, from what I understand, people love Ralph Hoosenhuddle as as a person. They think he's just a tremendous human being, but it's not really it's not really bearing fruit anymore. With the team. They're not playing very well. And obviously, it's embarrassing to lose to a team in the relegation zone 3 0. So, well, this is
1: Southampton's season. Like, they have to make it to an FA Cup final to them. at least make it kind of, you know, I, we made the FA Cup final, right? It's
6: nice. Like,
0: yeah. I think whoever loses or wins this one's probably going to lose to Chelsea Man City, but you never know. So I'll say this Leicester City are the only team they set a record. They've been to four FA Cup finals and never won. That's the most of any club in English history. uh So, so obviously, they're going to try to break that duck and Brendan Rodgers doing a great job with the team so far. Probably doesn't get the credit he deserves. I think he'll be up for manager of the year with David Moyes and, and probably Pep Guardiola after he wins the league. Uh, I will say, though, with, with fairness to Southampton, they've had four FA Cup games. They have yet to give up a goal. So there is some something different about them in this competition. I just don't know. Current form does matter, and I they looked off the pace against the West Brom team that was much hungrier. I think this Leicester City team can kind of see, if we get to the final, we can hang. Obviously, they beat Man City 5-2 earlier in the season. They can hang with Chelsea as well. They've got the firepower to do it. And if they've got a few weeks to get some other guys healthy, that puts them in a good position to be competitive. I like Leicester City to win. I think it's going to be tight because I think Southampton are going to be very thoughtful in terms of how they attack. And they beat Arsenal 1-0 along the way, the defending champions. They were very pragmatic and smart in that particular matchup, even though they were out-gunned. I know, gunners. Gunned. Do you like that? No, probably not. <laughs> so, so Leicester... Uh, to win in under two and a half goals is plus three twenty. I think it's going to be tight. I could see a one zero here or, or a two zero in favor of Leicester. I just don't know about Southampton's attacking prowess. It's been a little disappointing as of late. So I'm just going to go with the team that I think is in better form and has healthier players that are that are playing better at the moment.
1: Well, I talked to Jamie Vardy this week, so I'm going to root for him to score a <laughs> goal. Uh, but I agree. I think it's a Leicester City win. I don't know, man. I think I might just because I've seen a few defensive cracks. I know that Leicester City. Has been doing really well in the cup, but I, I see a Leicester City win, but maybe a two-one in regular time, uh, with Leicester City probably going two ahead, and then Southampton just scraping for a goal. But I definitely see Leicester City winning. I, I agree with you. I think Southampton has had its run and its limit, and there hasn't been I mean, obviously the injury stuff don't uh, help anything, but they are the kind of team that you feel okay. You've reached your moment early in the season. It, you look so good. I think the 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 heavy legs got the better out of you. You were limited up front. I think this is it. Uh, obviously, you want to make that final because, as I said, it's going to be your only saving grace from this season because you're really not doing anything else. But Leicester City, I think, might just be too much. Uh, and Jamie Vardy might find his shooting boots again. But you mentioned in the atcher, of course, and uh, another play, James Madison, coming back. So I think Leicester yeah. City will take it.
0: Yeah, I think to to give you guys the line for for the bet for Luis. Uh m- both teams to score and Leicester to win plus 280. I do want to say and I probably should have brought this up from the very get-go, uh, two Americans could feature prominently, especially in that Chelsea Man City game. You got Christian Pulisic who's been playing very well and I think will start this one. And then you got Zach Steffen. You always put your backup goalkeeper in for the FA Cup, so I'm hopeful that uh, they give Ederson a rest. Sometimes managers do flip flop and go back to their number one for the biggest games. Well, yeah, because they have,
1: they have a Wednesday game against Aston Villa as well after the weekend. So, so
0: yeah, I'm hopeful that that Zach Stefan continues to get the run out throughout the FA Cup. We've seen it before with Emi Martinez with Arsenal. And so I want Zach Steffen to come in and have a good game. And, and uh, I'm excited to see how that all plays out. And then to your point, Man City just need three more wins to win the league. And so that's a big one on Wednesday as well.
1: Yeah. A big focus in the league. All right, let's do the rest of your very quickly, obviously in Spain, Copa del Rey final as well. And some other games, Bundesliga, et cetera. What do you have for me?
0: Yeah. With regard to the Copa del Rey final, it's between Athletic Bilbao and Barcelona. They have played a few times uh, this season, and uh, the first game was 3-2 in favor of Barcelona. The second one was the Spanish Super Cup final, and that was 3-2 in extra time, but 2-2 after 90 minutes. And then most recently, Barcelona Barcelona beat them 2-1. I think there's going to be a lot of goals in this one. The over 3.5 goals is pretty tantalizing, I'd say, to plus 130. Barca to win and over 2.5 goals, plus 100. I like Messi to score and Barca to win 2-0, 2-1 or 3-1 that is plus 300. I think Messi's going to show up. These are the two most successful teams in Copa del Rey history. Barcelona have won 30 and Athletic Bilbao have won 23, but they haven't won one since 1984 and they blew it a few weeks ago against Real Sociedad in the 2020 uh, iteration of, of the Copa del Rey. Kind of sad for Real Sociedad. They're only the holders of that that trophy for 2 weeks, but but uh, this should be a good one. I expect given the form of Barcelona even though they lost El Clasico to end the 19 game unbeaten streak, I think they're going to respond in a positive way. And I just think that this might be a bad time for athletic to, to run into them because I think they're going to be a little pissed that they lost to Real Madrid.
1: Absolutely. And listen, again, like they need some silverware and obviously they're still in the running for La Liga, but they want something not being in the champions league, et cetera. All right. What's going on in Germany?
0: Germany, the big one for me is Wolfsburg versus Bayern Munich. And it's very similar to the narrative around Barcelona. How are they going to respond to not doing well in a big game? 44 shots over two legs against PSG. Couldn't get the job done over those two legs to get through in the Champions League. Lots of speculation around Hansi Flick's future and whether he's even going to stay, which is crazy to me, Luis, that you could be that tremendously successful, the current holder of all six trophies available to a club, and... You might not be the right guy anymore. Like, they're, they're <laughs> that's crazy to me that, that they could get to that point. Uh, and, and that I don't know, obviously, there's a lot to unpack here, but that that it's clear the reason you didn't beat PSG is because of Robert Lewandowski, he just wasn't healthy. And, and if he was there for any of those 44 shots, we'd be talking about Bayern Munich versus Man City in the semifinals, which is all I think we all wanted that actually. But um, now we get the oil money derby instead. This, this is an interesting game for me in particular. I like the draw. Wolfsburg are undefeated at home. And I just feel like Bayern might be a little wobbly right now until they get their feet going again and then they end up winning the Bundesliga, which they're going to do. And, and Wolfsburg, uh, they, lost, they lost to them 2-1 earlier in the season at the Allianz Arena. But they outshot Bayern. They had more possession and they were up 1-0. And then Levandowski scored two goals. That's what he does, right? So and they like score the-
1: goals. I-, I mean, they only they lost four three to Frankfurt, as you mentioned. So you know they do score goals. And- they
0: score goals, but I like the draw here. I think that uh, Bayern will will have some backbone. You know, I think they still want to kind of show up, very similar to Barcelona. So I like the draw plus two seventy five. I think that's a that's a nice nice value there. And then with regard to the only other ones that I'm looking at in Europe, yeah, is is uh, in Syria. I, it's crazy. I just want to go over the table with everybody really quick, just so you have an uh, update here. Inter are on top with 74 points. Milan have 63 in second. So it looks pretty clear that is going to go on to win it. They travel to Napoli. Okay, but Napoli's in fifth on 59 points. That's that's a Europa League spot. Lazio have 55. Roma's 54. Roma needs to get back into it against their biggest rivals to get into the Europa League. But, but I'm looking at Napoli because they're only two points behind that fourth spot, the Champions League spot. That's Atalanta. Atalanta are on 61, one point behind Juventus, who are on 62. They play each other this week, Juve and Atalanta. So... Wow, there's a lot going on, and uh, they obviously, these two play against each other in the Copa Italia final in a month. I think there's going to be goals in this one, over three and a half goals, plus 140. Adelante coming off back-to-back three to two wins, Juve coming off a 3-1, 2-1, and 2-2 results. Uh, I, I just think cr sevens, he's going to do it, right? I don't know what his future holds with Juve moving forward, but him to score and Juve to win, both teams to score, is plus 450. I think that's crazy, but if you're more Atalanta, Luis Muriel and and uh, Luis Miguel here knows that <laughs> uh, we're big fans of Luis Muriel. If you want him to score and and, and Atalanta to win and both teams to score is plus four fifty. So I guess it depends on where you're leaning, but I could see Juve getting after it and 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 making it happen. It's a great one. I also like Lukaku to score and in Inter to win one zero two zero two one at plus five hundred. And I say that because their last six games were one of these score lines. And I just think Lukaku is going to be up for it. And they've won 11 straight league games and they're on fire.
1: Of course, Lukaku is going to score. Absolutely. We love Romelo Lukaku action. And by the way, I can't wait for Serie A to be at CBS Sports next mm. season, by so cool. the way. Yeah, I see Atlanta Juventus being a fest for sure. And by the way, uh, Juventus, uh, they really, the last time they kept a clean sheet was like over a month ago. So, you know, there's, uh, they're definitely going to concede. That's for damn sure. All right. Well, hey, listen. You can never complain. This was probably our most packed uh, weekend preview. Uh, we gave you everything and then some. And it's free, by the way. All you need is a phone for f- <laughs> sake. Uh, Jimmy Conrad, so good. Always good having you. Any final thoughts before we say goodbye?
0: No, I've got nothing. I think I <laughs> you're done. <dumb. probably> we <laughs> talked everybody's ear off at this point. And uh, I'm excited for a lot of big games this weekend and obviously the start of MLS.
1: Absolutely. A tremendous weekend ahead. Jimmy Conrad, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much.
0: Appreciate you, Luis, and appreciate all of our listeners. Thank you, guys.
1: Hey, everybody, I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and every interviewee for joining us today. Don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We are on YouTube. We are on cbssports.com. All the articles you can read right there as well. Please, please make sure that you follow us on Kegolazoport on Twitter and drop us a question or a comment. Have a great, great weekend.